All we can be sure of is this. Zach Barry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. Grayson, we got to see each other last weekend. We were back in the studio. Back to work. But uh, last weekend, it was, uh, it was a good time. Double Decker yeah. weekend in Oxford. The weather was outstanding. We're getting our weather mentioned in early here. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time. Um, I mean, better than the Grove Bowl was a year ago when the weather was absolutely miserable and there was no double decker. So it was good times. So how are you? I'm doing well coming off that double decker high. I mean, that was a lot of fun. Saturday night, the revivalists tore the place down, but I think Chumbo and Shorty really, really stole the show there. I know uh, I had a tweet where I said, Trumbo and Shorty blew my mind, plain and simple, and caught a little bit of buzz uh, on Saturday night. So I think the people of Oxford would tend to agree with me that, you know, he, he really was pretty unbelievable how that dude can go from spitting some, some fire vocals over to the trombone and then dancing around and all that good stuff. So couldn't be in a better mood. We're back here in Nashville looking forward to, uh, you know, now that spring football is gone, we've got the NFL draft coming up. Later this week, we'll see where Corral ends up. We'll see where some of those other guys end up. And uh, then we can really kind of turn our sights towards the summer. And then real football is, is it's getting to the point where you can start to smell it just a little bit. You know, you get that, that taste of football during the spring game. And then there's that, that kind of month or two lull where you can focus on getting in your Saturday morning rounds of golf and, and getting out on the boat as much as you can. And then it's, you know, time to lock in and, and we're getting there. It's, it's that time of year to where we're over the hump. The spring is here. Life is good and, and football's on the horizon. So couldn't be in better spirits. I did my best <clears throat> on Saturday. I really did. I tried, <clears throat> but could not make it to Mavis Staples. Um, she was good. Which is a bummer. I've seen her before. Um, so I, I wasn't as adamant about sticking it out, but man, I uh, at one point I was like, I'm I'm starving. I gotta gotta get out of here. I gotta get home. It was only ten o'clock. So <laughs> so yeah. Um, but all right. So Ole Miss, old news by now. On Monday afternoon, received a commitment from four-star quarterback Marcel Reed. The uh, on three consensus, four star out of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I was there in attendance and um, man, I, I wasn't sure we were discussing this Monday morning on whether or not we were going to go. You ended up not coming just because of work obligations, but I got over there. Wasn't sure if it was going to be open to the public, but it was open to the public. And then some, it was jam packed in that small film room there. Yeah, they really, it was a small room. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess uh, there was some people I overheard that were like, we could have just done this in the gym. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I don't know if, if Marcel wanted the the intimate uh, setting there. Um, but it was, uh, you know, wasn't a real surprise that he picked Ole Miss. Talked with him a little afterwards. Um, 
said that he had known for a while that he wanted to commit to Ole Miss. And, um, you know, hey, he said wanted to get that spot before someone else did. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are, <clears throat> you know, there's some groaning, there's some groveling, some scoffing at it. And I think that's mostly just because it's not an Arch Manning. It's not a Jaden Rashada or Chris Vizina. But, um, I, I mean, look, it, it, I think this is a guy that, it is cliche, and I know that people say this all the time, but his best football is ahead of him. Um, tons of potential. The ceiling is high. A great athlete, plays basketball at NBA as well. Um, was an all-region selection in basketball. And um, I, I, think this is a, I think this is a really good pickup here. And the staff really likes him. Um, I think he's a great fit for the offense. He honestly plays the arm talent, the arm strength and everything is nowhere close, but I mean, not many people have it, but he plays kind of similar to a Matt Corral. Um, Almost better on the move, almost better off platform, extends plays. um, And then is also just a really impressive. I think he's a plus runner. And I think that's a really underrated part of his game, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was a bit of a shock to some after uh, hosting two quarterbacks, one of those being Rashada. We'll get to him in the second part of the show, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a great pickup for Ole Miss, and I think that the staff really likes his skill set, and they think that he can develop and and uh, be a a starter in the SEC down the road, which is something that we'll get into, I'm sure, but there's no need for him to be ready immediately. And for those that want to do the, the scouting where they're like, well, you know, he's not SEC ready right now. Well, you know, not many people are. I can't remember a guy that was SEC ready day one step on campus. It's hard. It's, it's incredibly hard to play quarterback in the SEC as a 17, 18 year old. So when people say that, you know, I get it, but come on, like there's not a lot of dudes out there that are, that are playing true freshmen um, and being very successful at it. So, yeah, I mean, I think he has time to, to get settled into the system, get in the weight room. Um, I think he can still grow. Um, His dad, former head coach at, at TSU here in Nashville, um, his dad's a big guy. He could still maybe get up another inch or two. Um, and then he can always certainly get into the weight room and add some pounds, but an impressive athlete. And, uh, you know, with him being local, you and I will get to see him quite a bit this fall, but yeah, I, I think Ole Miss fans should, should certainly be excited about Marcel Reed. And I know the national analysts really like him after the, the impressive spring that he's had in the camp circuit. And then, um, on seven, uh, the seven on seven circuit as well. Um, he was really impressive at the uh, seven on seven camp in Atlanta earlier this spring. And then he'll be at the elite 11 regionals here in Nashville in May. So um, get to see him there. And, uh, and yeah, again, I think that this is something that, um, you know, another four star that second commit in the 2023 class um, joins uh Sunterian Perkins, but yeah, long winded and very, <laughs> very lengthy opening monologue here about Marcel Reed, but I, I think it's a, it's a really good pickup. 
Yeah, I mean, the lengthy opening monologue is exactly what we need. I mean, that's the biggest news going on right now. Um, first and foremost, as of right now, at 12.49 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, April 26, 2022, Lane Kiffin has not missed out on a recruit that he has taken photos with in front of one of his cars. I was a little bit a confused. I, ha- I have point. to be a little bit honest. Um, is that his? I don't know if you know the answer. And I don't know if we ever will I, know the answer. I don't think that's his Rolls Royce. I do know the, the Aston in the pool. Oh, do tell. And I don't think it's. I don't think this is anything breaking news or anything. I think most people figured it. Um, it is. It is not his. Uh, yeah. His, his Rolls Royce. I believe it was a Phantom. I couldn't tell if it was a Phantom or a Ghost. Um. Which I don't know. I was trying to figure that out before I, um, because you know the picture surfaced early Saturday morning. Yep. Um, and before I headed over to the stadium, I was putting something together over at Ole Miss Spirit, um, part of On Three Network, OleMissSpirit.com, and uh, I didn't want to assume that it was a phantom, and uh, so I went to their website to see what the ghost looked like and to compare. Rolls Royce's website is absolutely trippy. I mean, it, it almost needs to come with a disclaimer for like flashing light sequences, <laughs> and um, if you're prone to seizures, like it's just a lot of. A lot of moving parts, literally and figuratively, over there. But um, not his, I uh, believe. Um, believe they get it from a dealership in Jackson, gotcha. which my first thought. And you mentioned the the date and the time that we're that we're doing this podcast. My first thought was, sounds like an NIL opportunity. Yeah, um, no kidding. But uh, but yeah, that, that's a great point that you mentioned. Posing in front of a vehicle. Ole Miss is getting them. Yep. So far, so far. There's a, he, took a, he took a lot of pictures um, over the weekend with, with a lot of different guys, Rashada being one who may not end up at Ole Miss. Um, but we'll get yeah, to that. We'll I mean, get to that. As of right now, undefeated in front of a vehicle, whether Kiffin's or one that has been loaned to him. Um, yeah, I think it's a Phantom too. I think you're right. I'm looking at it right now larger grill in the front. Um, but anyway, back, back to the, we got a little bit off, off topic there. Back to Marcel Reed. Marcel Reed is very good. And I'm going to be um, brutally honest here for the sake of, you know, expectations for the Ole Miss fans who are disappointed. I understand a little bit of the disappointment. Marcel Reed is not a flashy name. I think the four-star ranking, he's an on three consensus four-star recruit i think that's partially due to the the kind of star inflation that we've seen over the last couple of years i think he you know maybe five years ago would have been like a high-end three-star kind of guy but again that doesn't take away from how good he is so so i get it like i get okay marcel reed sure you know it would have been more fun to have rashada you know turn around and commit yesterday it would have been more fun to have zena commit two weeks ago whatever I get it. Marcel Reed isn't that big name. He's the number 19 quarterback in the country. Like, I understand. But that shouldn't make you any less excited about his – God, I hate when football analysts use this term, but I'm going to do it anyway – raw potential. I think Marcel Reed is a guy who is going to be so much better in a year – two years, three years than he is right now. I think you're right that 
180. I think he could end up in college closer to maybe 6'3", 190, 200-ish, um, which is pretty ideal for a quarterback. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of the ideal size for a quarterback. Yeah, especially a dual threat guy. You know, obviously everybody would love a six foot five, 220 pounder that runs a four, seven, you know, but that's just not realistic. So having a guy six to 180 right now, probably closer to six, three, 200 by the time he's acclimated to the Ole Miss system and incredibly talented as both a pass thrower and a runner. Um, I mean, his eye discipline is kind of the, the biggest thing. And I talked about this when we talked about Reed briefly, however many weeks ago that was now, um, when it was starting to trend in Ole Miss's favor. You know, his eye discipline is awesome, and it will only continue to get better. And I think that's something that we saw a lot with Matt Corral over his four, five, three, four, five years um, in Oxford. You know, as he kind of once he got on campus, he was good. He was raw, whatever. He was making errors. He wasn't necessarily clicking all of the time, but most of the time. Um, and then as he kind of took over that starting role, uh, he quickly became a really good decision maker. And that's something I was actually watching Good Morning Football this morning, and they mentioned that about Corral and his ability to see the field better than a lot of the quarterbacks in his class. I think Marcel Reed's the same way. I think Marcel Reed is someone who already has great downfield vision and will only continue to learn as he sits in a college quarterback room alongside guys like Jackson Dart and Luke Meyer, Altmeyer, if they're still there, you know, along tech Kincaid Dent had the best freaking spring. We were talking about this over the weekend. Kincaid Dent had the best spring game of all three quarterbacks this weekend, obviously small sample size, et cetera, but sitting alongside those guys who have been there for so long. And, and obviously Dent won't be there next year, but the, the point is getting in a college quarterback room will only help him to become an even better decision maker than he already is. And he already makes really good decisions. And then when you combine that with his, like, I mean, just to put it simply, Marcel Reed has a freaking cannon. Um, I mean, there's a couple throws. I was watching his highlights again last night and I've watched the same highlight tape over and over and over again on huddle. Um, there's a couple of throws where he, his receiver kind of gets a step Maybe, maybe he doesn't even get a step on his cornerback. Um, and the receiver is – Marcel just throws him open. He puts the ball exactly where he needs to be. He, like, gets that – if his receiver even has that extra step on a cornerback, he puts the ball right where his receiver is going to be. If his receiver doesn't have that extra step, he puts the ball to where only his guy can go and get it and just, like, puts it on a rope. So that's, you know, a huge positive. Um, and then you factor in his wheels. I mean, the, 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 the guy can move. Like you said, mm -hmm. he plays basketball. Um, just a stupid athletic guy who, like, I, I guess you could say he is a very good quarterback. He's an even better athlete. And when you can turn his athleticism and translate that into the quarterback position on the collegiate SEC level. Like you said, you know, there are very few guys who are ready to just step into a starting role in the mm -hmm. SEC. If you can take his athleticism and the blank slate that 
I mean, obviously he has the technical skills and all of that. He grew up around football. His dad is a, a coach. Like he knows the game, but it, you can take him almost as a blank slate of just pure raw athlete and mold him into what you want him to be. And you can mold him to be that perfect quarterback for Ole Miss's system two, three, four years down the road. So as much as I understand, you know, the ho-hum attitude of Ole Miss fans, if a guy like Marcel Reed had committed to Ole Miss three years ago during the Matt Luke era, even during the Hugh Freeze era, there would have been a lot of excitement around him. And it's disappointing to me that it's not – there as much because he's a guy that you should really be excited about. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also just, and it's just indicative of how deep the, the quarterback class is. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of talented quarterbacks. I mean, you look at the guys that are still available out there. Arch Manning still hasn't announced to go anywhere. Uh, Eli Holstein, Jaden Rashada, um, Dylan Lonergan is still out there. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are still on the board and it's they're all really good I, I think quarterback is in my opinion outside of and, and feel free to interject or, or agree disagree here I think outside of left tackle quarterback is the hardest position to project and to evaluate because yeah. I mean it's such a huge jump I already mentioned it earlier where yeah okay he's not ready to be an SEC quarterback uh, well, well, no shit. I, I, I mean, it's hard. Being an SEC quarterback is hard. I mean, you look at Matt Corral prior to Lane Kiffin's arrival and the struggles that he had. I know it was a different offense, but the tools were there. It's the same guy, same human out there playing football. But, I mean, it's I mean, there's so many factors that go into being a successful quarterback. You know, who do you have around you? What kind of coaching do you have? What system is it? Who do you play? What division are you in? Uh, well, well, Marcel Reed, it, you know, saddled up to play in the toughest division in college football. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be hard. But I, I think I talked to a former college player yesterday and, and asked their thoughts. And then I uh, talked to another guy. It was a, a former um, staffer, director of recruiting at the Power Five level. He said the, the thing that jumped out to him the most, both of them said this exact same thing, which I thought was interesting they said his ability to throw on the run is already plus like plus plus like that's, and that's something that I don't think my opinion is someone who's never played college football, never coached, whatever. Maybe it is easy. I don't know. I think it's incredibly hard and maybe borderline. You can't teach that. Like that's just, uh, I don't know if it's an innate thing, but sure. You can work on arm strength and you can work on accuracy and getting the ball out and getting it to your guys in rhythm and on time. But Sometimes when you're in the middle of a game and, and you're evading pressure and you're trying to keep your eyes downfield and, you know, whether you're rolling right or left or that's, that's a hard thing to do. And looking at his film as a junior, that's something that he does extremely well already. And I think that that stands out. Um, his head coach spoke before he committed um, yesterday. And, and that was the thing that he said, he said, man, we, when he was a freshman, we, we put him on varsity because we just, he was such a good athlete. We wanted to see what he could do. And uh, we wanted to get him on, on the varsity roster and just have him there. So we could, cause he was like, I knew he was going to be the starter eventually. So we needed to get him there and start molding him. But I mean, this is a guy that has led NBA, I believe to two straight state championship games. 
Um, now they've lost. They, they're all runner up, but um, you know, plays in. I would say <sighs> you live here. You've seen the level of football. I mean, I think it's right there with six A football here in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's in uh, Division II AAA, so you've got you know Macaulay, uh, Brentwood Academy. Uh, Christian Brothers, Briarcrest, Pope John Paul, and then a lot of the East Tennessee schools, um, Baylor. It's, the talent is nothing to scoff at that he's playing against. No, yeah. but it's 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 quality opponents. Sure, it might not be you know the the top class in the state. It might I, not be the best all, talent all, in the state, but that doesn't mean really anything. It's just based on no. size of schools, not talent of player. Yeah, I mean, all, all due respect to to the good folks in the state of Mississippi. It, it's not Jackson prep. It's not <laughs> JA. No, this is, this is better. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, Knoxville Catholics in that same, uh, Innsworth. Um, I mean, there's some, some good programs. Um, uh, Macaulay has dominated the last couple of years up in Chattanooga. Um, he talked about that, you know, that's, you know, obviously the goal is to win a state championship, but they've gotten there the last two years and lost to Macaulay. And, um, you know, he was, you know, he, he, he is, uh, it, the inflection in his voice kind of changed a little bit. Um, there was somebody else that was there that was interviewing him, asking him about getting ready for a senior season. And, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, they, they've had our number the last couple of years. We gotta, we gotta fix that. But yeah, I, I think that this is something that Ole Miss fans are, you know, like I said, a little, little groaning here and there, like, oh, like we didn't get, you know, Vizina went to Clemson and, uh, you know, Arch is, is probably not going to pick Ole Miss. And, he, you know, Rashada, we don't know what he's going to do. I think this is a big get. I think it's a big get. I think it's a, it's a huge win. Um, an impressive player who has played at the varsity level for several years. Um, and then another quick thing about – I know there were some questions about his statistics and how – well, he's only thrown for 35 touchdowns in three years. And, well, uh, I think the offense that he plays in – hampers him a little bit. He's not asked to do it all. Um, it's a but very, he could. he could, if he wanted to, I mean, he's run for close to 2000 yards um, over 20 touchdowns in three years. So he's, yeah. he's a true dual threat, but I, they're not spreading five wide throwing it all over the place, 40, 50 times a game. Like some of these Texas high schools do. It's a very conservative, very pro style. I mean, I, he's still under center. You don't see that <laughs> literally at all anymore. Yeah. Really anywhere. I mean, everybody, it, it, it seems like just about, unless you're talking about small schools. Oh, the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, that are running, you know, the wing T or the veer. I mean, most teams are running a, some type of zone read concept. Um, so I, I think it, I think if you're a quarterback in high school that is only throwing on throwing downs, it can, it can hamper your statistics a little bit. Now, again, I think he could spread it out four or five wide and, and, and really get after it. He's, he's done well in the seven on seven game um, this spring. And then I know uh, on three national analyst, Jeremy Johnson um, was very, very, very complimentary of his game and how he looked at some camps earlier this year. Um, you can actually check out Jeremy Johnson got the crystal ball out and predicted this um, earlier uh, in March uh, he was on a podcast with uh, Ole Miss Spirits, very on Ben Garrett. Recruit check. You can go and check that out wherever you get your podcast. Um, he predicted that Ole Miss would land Marcel Reed, and he talked about his game. If you want to hear um, 
him talk about it. But yeah, all this to say, it's a great get for Ole Miss. Um, and I think it was, it was something that, that was kind of a bugaboo for a while. And, and now typically when you get quarterback commits early, they're some of the, the main recruits that start to build and to help you recruit. And uh, Ole Miss is recruiting a lot of guys in the state of Tennessee, especially in middle and East Tennessee. So he's probably going to be someone that you, hit, uh, you know, kind of like in the 22 class with Taylor Groves, another Tennessee guy that was very vocal on Twitter, very active on trying to get guys to join him. So um, I expect uh, Marcel Reed to do that. Um, and anyway. I think, I, I think that that's a big, like, I wouldn't, I don't know the word is underrated or whatever, but that's a big thing to have, you know, it, it goes under the radar, I guess, is kind of what I'm trying to say, how important that is to have other high schoolers recruiting mm-hmm. other high schoolers. And I, I think that kind of, you know, goes by the wayside because everyone's like, oh, you know, whatever, nobody really cares what other kids are doing. That's not true. I mean, there's a lot of instances where, these high school guys, especially in the age of social media, where they are talking to each other a lot. What did you think about this visit? What did you think about this visit? What did you think about this school? How does this, you know, offense, how do you think I stack up in this offense? What did they say about X, Y, and Z scheme that they're planning to run this year, you know, and, and how would I fit in having a guy like Marcel Reed, who is, he has a big social presence. Um, Maybe not as big as like, you know, of a name as like as an Arch Manning or a Vecina, but he has, he's very active on social media. And I think you're right. I think he's going to be a guy that is in other people's ears a lot about what Ole Miss is building and how excited he is, because you can tell with Marcel Reed that he's really excited to be committed to Ole Miss. Like you said yesterday, um, or like he told you yesterday. And like we've been saying the last couple of weeks, you know, Ole Miss kind of has that, one spot um we'll get into whether it becomes two spots on the second half here but almost kind of had that one quarterback spot and reed was stoked to be the guy to grab it he went in over the weekend he shirt up his decision and said okay i love it here i love what they're building and now he's able to go share that excitement with other guys and i think that's kind of an important component of this commitment i won't say that it's why almost you know, recruited him. They recruited him because he's really good at football, but that definitely factors into it. Having a guy in Tennessee to kind of be that middle man um, for some of these other recruits in this, this class and next class is, is very valuable. Yeah. And, and I'll say one other thing I just thought of just to close the book here before we take the break. I think it's, it, it shows, I mean, he told me that the relationship he had with, with Charlie Weiss jr. Um, Seth Deggy, Dane Stevens, Lane Kiffin, and how they stuck with him. Um, you know, he said the new guys called him immediately when they were hired. And he said that Sick. was huge, um, you know, with the turnover, because he was recruited by Jeff Levy before he left. And he said that was big. I mean, Kiffin and Charlie Weiss came up in January to see him. And um, he said that was kind of when things started really shifting towards Ole Miss and how um, he started to – to really look at them closer. Um, you know, he mentioned the relationships is what stood out. And then Oxford, he said, just the vibe in Oxford, the, the fans, the campus, he loves everything about it. And look, if you're looking for a guy to be your, your top recruiter, 
I mean, he's been to Oxford four times since last summer. So this isn't like a, oh, he went, he got an offer and he jumped at it because he was so excited and, you know, he wasn't sure if he would get any more. I mean, no, like this is a guy that has, you know, an offer sheet that that boasts, you know, Tennessee, Vandy, Georgia, Florida, A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, Baylor, Miami, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech. Um, You know, he, you know, he took a visit to Clemson and Clemson, very, very, very liberal with how they do things in recruiting. They don't just give offers to everybody. They don't just invite anyone. Now, I know they got Chris Vizina, but getting an invitation to come to Clemson to potentially earn an offer is a big deal. The way Dabo and them do things, it's very different, but that's how they do it. But, I mean, he had his pick. I mean, he could have, you know, to a certain extent, gone anywhere. And if you're going to have a guy at that quarterback position that can recruit for you, that's been to Oxford several times, I mean, he can tell you about campus. He can tell you about the the locker room, the amenities, the IPF, but he can also tell you about, you know, hey, man, the dorms are sick. Like, they got some new dorms. Um, You know, hey, they've been working on, you know, uh, what is it? The um, shit. East side of town. over. I don't know. I went over there by where the secret Wendy's used to be. And, I mean, it's a completely different look over there now i mean they got you know when, when i left school i mean they had just built the movie theater and they were working on the bowling alley now it's just a completely different you know it's its own little village over there i mean he can talk to you about life outside of being a student athlete he can talk to you about restaurants he can talk to you about you know doing stuff outside of football so i think that that's big for not only the most impactful position in recruiting to help recruit but, I mean, he's been to Oxford several times, so he knows about the town. He knows about the school. And I think when there are guys that are looking to find a place to go live for three to four years, that's a good – it's a hell of a thing to have in your in your commit list, a guy like that. And, and same same thing with, with the Suntarian Perkins. Been to Oxford five, six, seven times. So, all right, we're going to take our break. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk quarterbacks. We're going to talk a little about the spring game because I want to get your thoughts on that. And then we'll jump in to talk about the other four star that was in town over the weekend and uh, talk about the latest with him. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor outdoor restaurant, bar and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and 
You can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson, we're with you. All right, we're not going to spend too much time on it. I do want to discuss it because I know that people are jumping to conclusions. Shout out to Office Space. Um, <laughs> people are building narratives as we head into summer and then into fall camp. I have some thoughts on the quarterback play from Saturday, but I want to hear yours first. What did you think? I think the people who say that Luke Altmeyer had a better day than Jackson Dart are incredibly, you know what? I'm going to be nice. I think they're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I was going to, I was going to go off there for a second, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold back. First and foremost, shout out to Kincaid Dent. This dude just does not want to graduate and I respect it. Um, I think he's going to end up being the third string this year. Although God only knows where he ends up. I mean, the guy, the hey, guy he had a good day. He had a, not a, not just a good day. <laughs> he had a great day. He had a fantastic Grove bowl. I mean, he went 12 of 13 for a hundred and hey, hang the banner yards, a touchdown or three touchdowns and no picks. Kincaid Dent had the best day of the three quarterbacks, which is incredibly hilarious when you think about it, because everyone was all excited to see Altmaier, you know, for the first time um, with his own spotlight, you know, after. <laughs> also, uh, real quick, not to interrupt, but in case people forget or, or didn't watch or don't know, Kincaid Dent played for both teams. He did. So he, did. he was going back and forth. He had, he went, he went five for five or 75 yards and two touchdowns with the red team. And then seven of eight for 65 yards with a touchdown and for the Navy team did not throw an interception on the day, had himself a Grove bowl. Um, but yeah, pretty hilarious because everyone's obviously the entire conversation that literally everybody is talking about is the quarterback battle between Dart and Altmaier. Um, the run game. We, we obviously saw that they didn't give that many, like they, they spread the, the love around in the backfield mm-hmm. same with the receiving core. They mix guys in and out. Um, so we didn't really get to see all that much from Zach Evans or, or, or Bentley or Judkins or Bullock. Um, we'll obviously see more when the regular season rolls around and you and I have said before, and we'll continue to say, I think the run is going to be a big part of Ole Miss's offense, even more so than it was last year. Everyone says, Ole Miss has that air raid offense. You know, the Jeff Lebby offense is throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. That was not actually the case with Jeff Lebby's offense. And that is not the case with Charlie Weiss Jr.'s offense. It is a pretty, you can, you might want to call it an air raid West Coast scheme, but it's a pretty balanced offense in terms of run pass ratio. Um, and I think kind of like we saw in the Grove Bowl, I think there's probably going to be more rushing attempts this fall than um, I think they're going to run the ball more than they throw the ball. But with all that being said, um, 
to circle back on the original statement, those who said that Luke Altmaier had the better day are wrong. Um, sure, you can point to the fact that Dart had two picks. Sure, you can point to the fact that Altmaier, um, you know, looked better in terms of his completions. When you look at the box score, that's actually not true. Um, Altmaier went nine of 22 for 182 with no touchdowns and no picks. Would you rather have a guy that throws two touchdowns and two interceptions or a guy that doesn't throw a single touchdown? Obviously, that's a debate you could have with yourself. I'm not interested in having it with anyone. So don't at me on Twitter. Don't any of that. Jackson Dart. Yes, he had his two picks. Yes, he went 11 of 30. So he he didn't have the best day. But Luke Altmaier went 9 of 22. So it's not like he had a great day either. I mean, everyone out there is like, oh, Luke was so much better, so much better. Not really. Luke kind of dinked and dunked. He checked down a lot. He looked over the middle for the slot receivers a lot. He didn't throw that many deep balls, if any. I actually can't, now that I'm thinking about it, I went and rewatched it again last night. It's only night like one or two. Yeah, I was driving down to Oxford uh, when the spring game was happening and I couldn't get my ESPN Plus working in the car, so I couldn't watch it in real time. I watched it back again yesterday. Um, I watched it back on on Sunday evening as well. And yeah, I can think of maybe maybe one, maybe two deep balls from Luke Altmaier. One for sure down the middle of the field to J.J. Henry. Yeah, but I can't that think was, of another one. That was kind of a duck and probably should have been picked. I can't remember the. I can't remember who it was in the secondary. They missed the interception. Yes. Um, but look, I, at the end of the day, it's a spring game. Yeah. Who who cares? Um, if anything, I, I, receivers showed a lot. I mean, there was a lot of run after the catch. Yes. Um, I thought that Altmaier did a nice job of staying patient. Um, now he did have a lot more time to throw because he was with the first team offensive line. Um, and that was evident, which by the way, um, being field level and seeing Mason Brooks in person, the dude isn't an alien. (laughs) He's, I mean, humongous. I mean, he is the biggest offensive lineman on the first team. And I mean, there's some big guys over there. I mean, he is just, I mean, it's, he dwarfs people out there. And I mean, outside of Laramie Tunsil, um, Greg Little, there haven't been many guys like that recently. Um, my kind of assessment of it, Altmaier was, was being very surgical, very patient, taking what the defense was giving him. Jackson Dart was treating it like spring game. Yeah. He was essentially, you know, fuck checking down. I'm going to throw it downfield. I'm going to give people what they want. I'm going to try to get some big chunk plays. Um, and speaking of aliens, Michael Trigg is insane. Yeah, um, he's going to be a freak this year. I mean, I would be shocked if they don't try to get him a hundred receptions. Um, just a complete mismatch. Um, could not be covered by anyone. Didn't matter if they put a safety bracket linebacker. It didn't matter. He was getting open. Um, Ulysses Bentley had a good day, ran hard between the tackles, but also looks to be someone that's, that's going to fill that Jerry and Ely role out of the backfield and be a good receiver. Um, and look, if you're, if you're, if you want to talk more quarterback competition, both quarterbacks are ran the ball extremely well. Now I know running quarterbacks in a spring game because it can't get hit is something, but there were times when the play broke down, they got outside the pocket and either tucked it and ran 
or got upfield and, you know, got some, some big chunks of yardage. Um, I think that also kind of changes the way those two guys play because Altmaier can run. I mean, he's kind of a sneaky good runner. Um, but I mean, Dart, I mean, that's his game. You know, we had his, his high school head coach on, on the show or not on the show. We, I, when I interviewed him to ask him about Dart's game and he said, that's one of the most underrated things because when he was at USC, they didn't ask him to do a lot of running, but in high school, you know, he ran for, um, I think close to 2000 yards when he was a mm-hmm. senior. Um, so he's, a, and that's another guy, big, big in person. Um, and if we're going to do the, if we're going to objectify what college football players look like, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to create a quarterback on a video game, it's probably what, what, what you're, what you're going to create. Um, yep. still very young. I mean, people forget, I mean, he's still 18, 19 years old. I don't know how old Jackson Dart is, but he's young, but, um, I mean, lower half, you can see why he can run so well. I mean, he's a big dude. Um, yeah. I think the only there's Sorry. well, just the last thing I, the quarterback competition was not won or lost on Saturday. It was a practice. And I don't think regardless of how good either, either one looked or how bad either one looked, the competition is still going to go into fall camp because I do think both guys bring a lot to this offense, regardless of who it is. So I think Kiffin wants to see that competition continue to grow and to push the other to be the best quarterback they can be. Yes, and I would like to to back off a little bit, and and give Altmaier credit where credit is due. He was patient. He took, like you said, he took what the defensive gave gave to him, and he did look good. He didn't look great when Jackson Dart completed his eleven passes, two of them for touchdowns. He looked great when he threw two interceptions and and missed nineteen other passes. <laughs> he yeah. looked bad. But yeah. when Dart looked at his best, he looked great. When Altmaier looked at his best, he looked very good. And I still think – actually, I st- I, not I still think. I'm very confident that Jackson Dart is still going to be the starter. Um, maybe not week one because there is, like we've talked about, that kind of little bit of a lull in the early season schedule. Um, and I think there is potential that, that Kiffin could run two guys – to some extent towards the beginning? I don't think so. I think Dart will get his stuff together. And, and those those deep balls that he did throw, Dart looked awesome. His, I mean, 16 carries for 66 yards. Yeah, it's a spring game, whatever, right? But still, I mean, he, he touched the ball 16 times as a runner where Altmaier only touched it five times as a runner. Ole Miss's offense is going to be significantly RPO heavy as it was last year, but even more so now that they have what could perhaps be a better backfield than even a year ago, which is pretty astonishing to say Um, that run game is important. So the fact that Dart had 16 rushing attempts is kind of something that stands out. And the last thing I'll say here, because everybody has their thoughts on it. And and again, credit to Altmaier. He had a good day. Shout out to Kincaid Dent. He had a great day, but when Dart was at USC, and you mentioned his, his spring game, at, or you mentioned at USC, he didn't really run the ball that much. Um, when Tart was at USC, people were raving about him after the spring game. Keaton Slovis played well in the spring game that day. He went like 12 of eight. I'm looking at it right now. Um, during USC spring showcase in 2021, Slovis went 18 of, or eight of 12 for like 128 yards. Dart went seven of 13 for 99 yards and a touchdown. So 
Dart really didn't do much in that 2021 spring game either at USC. He went, he completed seven of his 13 pass attempts um, for less than a hundred yards. But after that, people were raving about him because they saw just how athletic he is and, and how, I mean, his arm is wicked when that dude like just lets loose and, and, and throws a deep ball. It, it's perfect. I mean, it's a perfect spiral. It's tight. It's typically on the money. Uh, I mean, and it's, and it's a far throw. So, so yes, Altmeyer credit where credit is due, you know, had a, had a good day. He didn't have a great day. Jackson Dart didn't have a great day, but when he looked his best, he was great. So I think you have to take it more as not from a, you almost have to take it backwards where typically you and I like to look at things from a 30,000 foot view. I actually think in this instance, you have to do the opposite. You have to kind of zoom in and narrow down on, not the numbers and not the completions and not the interceptions and, 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 and all of that, but you have to look more at the technical skills and the athleticism and Tart is just a better athlete and a better prospect overall. Um, and, and he's going to end up winning this job. He just is, it's going to happen that way. And we've heard all spring Altmeyer has been more consistent He's been the more consistent player. That was the case on Saturday. He was the more consistent quarterback. He took what was given to him. He checked down. He, you know, made the smart play where mm-hmm. Dart made the big play and it, it paid off for him with two touchdowns. So that's kind of my fleeting thoughts there. As far as the rushing game, I think that backfield is going to be awesome. I, I don't think they, I think they intentionally chose to kind of, keep the backfield under wraps um, a little more than maybe they even would have liked to have Uh, the receiving core. is going to be awesome. I mean, we saw JJ Henry um, explode for the red team. Michael Triggs going to be a freak of nature. And then you've got a bunch of guys who, you know, made some, some decent names for themselves and, and showed out and took their opportunities when they got them. I mean, they only got our, our, the receivers only had, 20, 32 total passes completed. So it's not like it was yeah. a huge sample size for them, but when they got their opportunities, they played well. There's going to be a lot of guys fighting for spots there um, in the receiving core. Obviously, Mingo comes back um, at some point. And then the defense, shout out to the defense. Uh, both defenses mm-hmm. played really well. So, I yeah. mean, all in all, I actually think it was uh, when I was driving down to Oxford and I was seeing the tweets and I had texts coming in. And once I even got in there, everyone was freaking out. Oh, Jackson Dart looked terrible. Oh, Luke Altmaier looked terrible. Oh, God, God, blah, blah, blah. like freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. When I sat down and really got to like watch it from a football first perspective and not a fan first perspective, if that makes sense it was a lot more positive than perhaps it was made out to be. And perhaps than it looks like on paper. So take with it, take, take it with a grain of salt and, and yeah. don't, don't let it, you know, keep you up at night. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Mingo. Yeah. He um, had another procedure. They're trying to figure out, trying to get him ready. They expect him to be back. Jalen Knox was in a boot. Uh, 
broke his foot. They expect him to be back in the summer. Um, those are two guys they need in that receiver room. Uh, another guy jumped out, uh, Quinshawn Judkins, ran the ball well, had a huge, huge uh, big play, big stiff arm on somebody in the open field that was pretty scary when you remember that he's 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Um, I believe – I haven't watched the telecast, but I believe Lane Kiffin said he reminded him of Trent Richardson, which is scary. Um but, yeah, I mean, the quarterback competition is going to keep going. It'll probably go into the first two, three weeks of the season because of the schedule and how it's laid out where they have time to figure things out. But, um, yeah, I mean, Kiffin said it where he said Dart was trying to win the competition on, on every play. And, yeah, once he settled in, started to be a little more patient, um, started completing more passes and having more success. But, yeah, it, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a practice. They do it to get fans in the stadium, to get people to come to Oxford, to spend money, to come to Double Decker or whatever. So um, wouldn't read too much into a uh, spring game and, and how each quarterback did because they both did some nice things and the competition is, is far, far, far from over. It probably will go into middle September. All right, final break, and then we're going to touch on Jane Rashada and his trip to Oxford. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Berry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Berry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. 
Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we are back here on Not Committed. All right, last segment here, Grayson. Um, the big name that was in town, um, surprise visitor to most, but the staff had been working on it for a couple of weeks. Jaden Rashada, the four-star out of Pittsburgh, California, came in town alongside Marcel Reed. Made waves Saturday morning when he posed for a picture with Lane Kiffin, the Rolls-Royce, and the new puppy. Um, he was in town, enjoyed the game, was on the field prior to the start of the game. I was honestly, I think he's probably, he's listed at 6'5", 173. I think he's probably a little closer, 6'3 and a half, 6'4". Um, I, I, I was thinking that he was going to be bigger than he was, and, and I don't mean that as like a slide or anything, but, I mean, 6'4 is still 6'4". Um, mm-hmm. Interesting, though, and, and we're going to briefly touch on this, but they get the commitment from Marcel Reed on Monday. People immediately start asking questions. Well, I thought things were going well with Rashada. I thought people said that Ole Miss felt really good about it. I still think Ole Miss feels good about it. I talked to several people on Saturday into the evening about Rashada. Look, people have great times on official visits. You get wined and dined. You get to get taken around by players, coaches. You see all the good things about a college town and all the good things about a university and a football program. I still think Ole Miss is in it, I st- and I don't think this is indicative or, or, or any way, shape, or form um, an indictment on what they think about Marcel Reed. I think they're just going to continue to recruit him because it's 2022, and the transfer portal is a real thing. And you never know with quarterbacks who come in, if they don't play their first year or first two years, they're going to dip and get out and use that free one-time transfer rule. You also don't know what you, you know. you mentioned – what Kincaid Dent's going to do? Is he going to be fine with just chilling and being the third-string guy and holding the clipboard? Is he going to want to go try to go somewhere else to play? Um, so I think they're just going to continue to recruit. I mean, they brought Jackson Dart in because they need that depth. They need another quarterback in that room. Um, and I think those are the two guys right now. It's Altmyer and Dent. And, you know, I, I think that they're going to continue to recruit Jane Rashada. I don't think it's going to stop. Um and I think that Miami, Oregon, now Texas A&M is in the mix. They offered him. And then he took a visit to LSU on Monday. 
several people are still going to be fighting over him. And I think Ole Miss is definitely in it. I think that they really made an impression on him. And I think that him coming into town for an official visit shows just how interested he is in, in to Ole Miss and to Lane Kiffin and, and the offense and, and playing in the SEC. Um, you know, he's, he's told uh, Chad Simmons on three's director of recruiting. He said he loves the idea of playing in the South, the Southeast, playing in the SEC or, or the ACC. And, um, you know, Oregon kind of took a lot of the momentum. Um, I, I did talk to one source that said that they don't think he'll go to Oregon. They think that Dan Lanning and as good a job as they've done recruiting and recruiting Rashada and trying to get him to come there. I think the Oregon love was early on was because of Mario Cristobal. Now he's at Miami. Now Miami's in it. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's all Mario Cristobal. Um, I think Miami is probably still the top competition for Jane Rashada. If Ole Miss is wanting to bring him in and look it, it before I throw it to you, I, I don't know if Jane Rashada and Marcel Reed are fine with playing at the same place. History shows talented high school prospects don't really care about how good someone else is. More times than not, they're confident in their own abilities, their own skill sets to win a job. And for all we know, you know, the brief conversations that I've had with Marcel Reed and Jaden Rashada both seem like intelligent, mature individuals who will approach it with a little bit of a business-like approach. Like, hey, we get it. School's got to have quarterbacks. I got to come in and earn a spot. It's not going to be given to anyone. It's not going to be handed to you. You're not going to you're not going to sign with a school. And then they're going to say, "All right, here you go. Here's your uh, here's your NIL bag of money, and here's your starting quarterback job." It's never going to be like that. So, all that to say, I still think they're going to recruit Jaden Rashada, and um, I think Ole Miss is is I, I don't know if they're the leader, um, but I think they're right there with Miami now after the official visit. Yeah, I don't have too much to add here. That was really well said. Um, the only thing. I could go. Could, let me try that again. The only thing that I could add on here is that, yeah, I agree. I think there's probably too many moving parts um, with like the whole quarterback puzzle nationwide to go ahead and give Ole Miss that front runner tag. Um, I think if, I mean, I mean Arch Manning, Eli Holstein, Dante Moore, those those guys, once those guys come off the board, I, I think there could be a more clear picture of where Rashada ends up. But again, you know, Miami's not really in the mix for any of those guys. So it really seems like it is Ole Miss and Miami. And, and my only concern, and we've talked about this a little bit off the air, and, um, you know, I, I heard similar things over the weekend after we spoke about it. Um, in the current age of name, image, and likeness, there are price tags that can be floated in a recruit's direction prior to their commitment. And then upon signing with their school of choice, they can sign these massive NIL deals. Um, I think Rashada, I, I don't know really what his you know, thought process is I'm not going to speak on his behalf or anything like that. But I think when you're looking at the difference between a school like Ole Miss and a school like Miami, um, Miami has John Ruiz who has pledged $10 million 
to Miami athletes through name, image, and likeness through his company Life Wallet. Um, he gave as of two days ago, Miami got a huge uh, commitment from a Kansas State basketball player, you know, all conference, all Big 12, committed to Miami. 24 hours later, John Ruiz announced that they signed, that he and Life Wallet, his company, signed the transfer to a two-year, $800,000 contract um, plus a car. So I think when you kind of sit back and look at that 30,000 foot view that you and I always talk about, Miami has a lot of money. And now, obviously, it would be a direct violation of NCAA rules for them to pay Rashada directly for his commitment. Rashada knows and sees, because everybody sees it, how much money Miami has to give out to their athletes, how much money in particular John Ruiz has to give out to their athletes. So if John Ruiz decides that he, you know, has all this $10 million to give out and Jaden Rashada is deciding between Ole Miss and Miami, I think one, like you said, he's got that deep-rooted tie to Cristobal. I think if Cristobal was still at Oregon, Rashada goes to Oregon. Now that Cristobal is not at Oregon, it muddies the waters a little bit because I don't think he loves – you know, Miami as much as he loved the idea of Cristobal in Oregon, but Cristobal is still at Miami. He is the coach that's been recruiting Rashada the heaviest for the longest. And when Rashada looks at a school like Miami, where he's got this relationship with the coach, he's got a school that he likes, he's got a program that he, you know, hopefully can be a part of the upward trajectory and bringing them out of their kind of irrelevance over the last couple of years. Tyler Van Dyke is, is on his way out. So there's opportunity to start pretty early on in his career. If Rashada is obviously earns that right. Um, when he looks at it holistically, he can say, okay, you know, Ole Miss is really awesome. And I really like Lane Kiffin. Mario Cristobal is really awesome. And I really like Miami, but I know that there's John Ruiz at Miami. I know that, there's a company out there pledging $10 million to athletes, to hurricane athletes. I, I don't know if that's the only factor in his decision. I don't think it is because that simply can't be true. But I think that NIL, from what you've heard, from what I've heard, um, opportunities to make money upon enrollment um, are something that Rashad is thinking about. And it's hard for schools, really any school in the country right now, actually, to go against a guy like John Ruiz, who is just straight up unloading his bankroll. I mean, he's a billionaire with a B, and he's just unloading, unloading ridiculous sums of money to Miami athletes. It's hard to position yourself as Ole Miss with a package um, upon enrollment that looks anything like what Rashada could be offered in Miami. And so I think when push comes to shove as of right now, it is neck and neck, but I think if it's neck and neck and then one school has more money, um, Lane Kiffin has said it, Nick Saban has said it, even Jimbo Fisher came out and said it yesterday, which is hilarious. Um, the prospect that is decided between two schools he likes equally, that dollar sign is going to be where he ends up in the end. 
Um, and there's a lot of dollar signs down there in Coral Gables. So I think that's something to watch with him for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, for a while, that was kind of the, the holdup for a lot of people in that sleeping giant down there in Coral Gables. They all, they've always had a lot of money, just a, a university and as an academic institution that didn't really want to invest in, in football or, or, you know, honestly, in baseball. Mm-hmm. They've had one of the greatest college baseball programs for a long time. And if you went and looked at their facilities, it didn't really show it. I mean, Alex Rodriguez made a huge investment and donated a ton of money to upgrade their facilities. But I mean, it, it, uh, people forget it's a, it's a private school, mm-hmm. it's a small private school in South beach, Florida, it, as good as they were in the eighties and, and, you know, the early two thousands, late nineties. I mean, they were still a small private school that, that, yeah, sure. They, they found ways to get money to players. There's no doubt about that, but um, <laughs> You know, got do, <laughs> doing it through the proper channels and, you know, the people in, in the leadership roles at that university were not big on investing in football as of late. So Mario Cristobal has found a way to change the narrative and change people's minds and they're starting to recruit at a high level. So yeah, this will be some, something that'll be fun to watch. And again, I still think Ole Miss is in it. They're going to continue to recruit him. And um and yeah, regardless of what people think or say or what you read elsewhere, I don't think that is is any indication of how they feel about Marcel Reed. The staff loves Marcel yeah. Reed's game. They think he fits the offense well. And I just think, you know, in a perfect world, they would take both. And then you get them on campus and you have them duke it out and figure it out then. But, um, but yeah, so that is going to do it. This is a jam-packed episode. Tuesday, yeah, it not it was committed. a good one. It was. It was good. Uh, it was a lot to get to. It's double decker. We had we had to cover a lot of bases. So uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Talk more. Um, spring football has come to a close, um, but uh, recruiting is going to continue, as you all know. It never stops. But uh, thanks to Grayson. Thanks to you, the listener. Thanks to the sponsors who make it possible. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. Check us out and all the other or all the other episodes. Can't talk wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, also, of course. Be sure to check out Ohm Spirit, part of on3.com. All of the latest news, notes, and recruiting information on the message board, on the website. Hey, old-fashioned, man. Do some reading and, uh, and check us out. So, again, until next time, Thursday, we'll be back with another episode. Grayson, as always, pleasure. And uh, we'll talk again later this week. We out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.